0: The Batteries Included podcast is brought to you with United Chargers. United Chargers presents the Grizzly range of EV chargers. There's the original Grizzly Classic, a powerful heavy-duty portable EV charging station built to withstand the toughest conditions. The Grizzly Duo, a dual-port unit designed to charge two vehicles at the same time. The Grizzly Mini, a small portable charging station built with an indoor-outdoor rated cast aluminium enclosure. And the Grizzly Smart, a revolutionary smart EV charger. All Grizzly Chargers come with a convenient 24-foot cable and the ability to adjust the current from 16 amps all the way up to 40 amps. That's 9.6 kilowatts, plus they're IP67 rated. Built in Canada with the highest quality materials, order yours now at unitedchargers.com. That's unitedchargers.com.
1: Hello, and welcome to the Batteries Included podcast. It's February the 16th, 2024, and this is episode number 24. Thank you very much for joining us. On today's show, we'll be talking about Rivian test, uh, teasing its R2 vehicle ahead of its March reveal. The Ionum Charge Network announcing its CEO and big ambitions. Stellantis is adopting the Tesla Nax connector, but maybe not getting supercharger access. And of course, much, much more. I'm Dominic Yoni, Joining us today is the ebullient, Mr. Tom Malogny, Senior Editor at Inside EVs and host of the YouTube channel State of Charge. And we also have the measured Mr. Martin Lee from the EV News Daily podcast, which is available on all the best podcast platforms. And of course, Kyle Connor joins us from the majestic, practically palatial halls of Spec Studios, where he produces high-voltage videos for a number of YouTube channels. All right, Hey there, everybody. Good to see you all. Oh, I forgot to ask, uh, do we have a, are we going to do the EV News Daily weekly reporting roundup this week? I've got one if you want one. I do want one. I do want one. Okay. Awesome.
0: Well, here we go then. Next Tom. Yep, let's take a look at what's been happening in the last week or so in the world of EVs. What's well, some great news looking at January year on year. It was up from 600,000 to 1.1 million EVs. BEVs and plug-in hybrids sold globally last month in January. The new Ford Puma will be going electric and we'll get more details later this year on the pure electric version of a very well-selling car and in a segment that could be very popular for Ford buyers. Mercedes-Benz came under some criticism for the way that their EVs looked with the EQS, for instance, very much designed all about aero. But now we find out that Mercedes' future will be perhaps a little more traditional Mercedes and less focused on the aero stuff. Now, let's talk a little bit about Hyundai. Uh, An electric report saying that the first Hyundai plant opening in the US will be done before the end of the year that will give you access to the seven thousand five hundred dollar federal tax credit Super Bowl week and if you didn't see the ad the dawn project which is uh, they say about educating people to the dangers of Tesla full self-driving Tesla fans say it's massively wrong and defamatory and that Elon Musk should unleash his hardcore legal team Many wondering why they haven't done that actually if there was uh, if, if the ads weren't true. But anyway, uh, the NTSB logo was used in that ad uh, to highlight the dangers of Tesla for self-driving. NTSB saying that it was nothing to do with us, please remove our logos, Dawn Project. Uh, the new Kia Stinger will probably be called the EV8, a Korean car blog uh, found some data which tipped off what the next version of with the stinger is a fantastic car uh could well be rebranded in their electric world now rivian uh, you may have heard this already it's about a week old this story unveiled their uh, smaller battery so if you fancy saving about ten thousand dollars on a smaller battery that'll do 270 miles of range a good bit of news coming out of rivian now electrify america opened up an indoor charging hub okay i'm not sure why we can't just put chargers. Outside, rather we have to, you know, a little canopy is nice, but they're taking this to completely the next level. Let's put the chargers indoors now. I guess it is completely out of the elements and the wind and the rain, and well, maybe their hardware will last a little bit longer now that it's indoors. Uh, and a leak from the Rivian app showed what the Nax connector will look like from Nax to uh, CCS, and unsurprisingly, the same as the Ford one. I mean, there's only so many ways that an adapter can look, but still, this data was taken from the app. Uh, the cars that sell below MSRP in the US according to an IC cars study the Kona Electric the ID4 and the Ford F150 the hybrid version are those that will get you the best deal and some good news coming out of France their scheme was so popular for uh, subsidizing EVs if you are from a, a lower income family that it's they've had to temporarily pause it because it went down so well and that is the latest news back to you Dom
1: Yes. All right. Uh, All right. So I had a whole bunch of things um, laid out here on my list of stories and stuff, but Tom reminded me this morning that there's a big story that I didn't even include because, because, um, whatever. So apparently there's been reports of the Cybertruck rusting, the Tesla Cybertruck, which just came out recently. It's got a, uh, was it 303 uh, stainless steel, rolled stainless steel body panels and things. Kyle, you've, you've, uh, tested this vehicle out a lot and Colton has gone down and tried different cleaners just to uh, just see what works for cleaning this thing, because no one's really given any guidance on that. Um, So what do you make of these reports?
2: You know, Colton's really the expert. Perhaps it's worth even doing a midweek show with him on this, but I was talking to him last night and he is very much aware, doing some final research and also producing a full in-depth out-of-spec detailing video around the the rusting slash rail dust slash fallout discoloration you know what was so wild is um well actually backing up tom and i were arguing ahead of the show and 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 tom why don't you share what you were telling me and then we can work from there a little bit
3: so yeah it was it was arguing was pushing it a little bit we were discussing things (laughs) so um but like we always do uh, so, you know, I have a lot of experience with stainless steel, not the same stainless steel that Tesla's using, obviously on the Cybertruck, but I owned a restaurant, my entire kitchen was stainless steel and we would get surface rust from time to time. If certain parts of the equipment wasn't cleaned properly, if it wasn't protected, you know, we had stainless steel cleaners and then protectants to put on to keep it nice and shiny and everything. And also my uncle, uh, I've talked about this on the show before that I used to drive a DeLorean when I got my driver's license, talk about being like, you know, crazy pampered. But um, anyway, I didn't own it. My uncle owned it. I had a rich uncle and he was like, come over, you know, congratulations on your birthday. You just got your driver's license. Come over and get the DeLorean. Like who gets that? You know, but um, uh, you know, I went from driving my Toyota Tercel, my 82 Toyota Tercel, nice. uh, you know, that had like 80 horsepower to the DeLorean, which really wasn't fast. The DeLoreans were not fast, but there was nothing cooler in 1985 in february of 1985 when i got my license then pulling up to the 7-eleven at 11 o'clock at night in a delorean you know i i you could you could pull up in a ferrari or a lamborghini next to me and no one would give a damn about those cars when those doors opened up and and you climbed out of it anyway so delorean stainless steel as you guys know and even a delorean dealer um they were sold out of volvo dealerships Told my uncle who bought it, like, this can rust if you don't take care of it properly, if you don't, you know, keep it clean, if you don't put protectants on it, or whatever. So it didn't surprise me that we're seeing this. What surprised me is we're seeing it so soon. And then that's when Kyle jumped in and said, wait a minute, wait a minute. This might not be the rust you're talking about, Tom. Okay, now take it away, Kyle.
2: Well, the Cybertruck is a completely different blend of stainless steel than your kitchen appliance with also some different properties to make it easier to manufacture and do what they need to do. And then also with some environmental uh, rust proofing in there. But, um, you know, it is definitely not looking good for the Cybertruck stainless steel stuff. First of all, the panels on every truck look different. And so, like, each truck is unique. And uh, Colton was talking to some of the Tesla uh, people in Austin, at least, and they were doing, like, a seven-stage, I think, uh, sanding process to get the imperfections out of the trucks. This is just for the early deliveries. I don't know if they're still doing them or not. But I will say we had a Turo truck that my friend Brandon turo when we were down there. It was one of the five that we had for our initial testing. And, like, the driver's door was brown, and the rest of the vehicle – was silver and it just looked awful and colton detailed another one that had discolored panels but brought it all back to life uh and he found the perfect formula to get rid of this discoloration or fallout or rust or whatever it is which is uh barkeeper's friend followed up by windex and he has a specific process he spent two days he literally brought suitcases of crap and I mean, like chemicals in there. And he's like, I, he put, um, uh, it was so funny in the suitcases that he brought down. He's like, I, like, I'm not trying to blow up the plane. I'm a detailer. Like, please don't discard anything. <laughs> and, and they, it, it all made it through on the flights down, but, uh, he found the perfect formula to fix it. The big question is what's going to happen long term, because there's also been some questions about the ammonia in Windex reacting with the stainless steel. Uh, we haven't seen any ill effects from it yet, but again, the trucks have only been out for a couple of months what does this do over years we don't know um so it's all a giant experiment and and tesla has been really quiet about any of these topics they have they literally say in the owner's manual don't leave bird crap on it don't do anything you know it's like supposed to be the world's toughest truck and they're like uh but but don't do any of these things to it they even say you're not allowed to drive it on dirt roads or you will void your warranty we have what? a whole podcast on out of spec coming on that we compare it to the other electric trucks warranties which are hilarious that's i know i'm being pretty harsh on it i'm a cyber truck fan i think it's cool but i think some of this stuff is annoying what i would do if i got a cyber truck is just wrap it so you don't have to deal with any of this crap
0: Yeah, that's, but I, to their credit, that's what I've seen uh, my experience of social media of people saying this panel is discolored or it's unlike the rest of the truck, but cleaning it made them all match. The natural question that you would ask was why would it leave the factory like that or did it discolor after? Why would it leave the service center?
2: I think it's after they go through like a curing, got to be, discoloration thing.
0: But it always yeah. comes back, and it always looks, I've seen a few before and after pictures, and it always looks absolutely fine, but it must be frustrating. I guess a lot of the early adopters are kind of in it partly for the experience as well, so they're not really complaining about it. They're like, oh, cool, we did we did a thing. Oh, and cool, my
1: Cybertruck
2: rusts. <laughs> yeah, and then I fixed it, and then it's,
1: it's, it's cool, so um Yeah. Your, your mic's a little bit low martin um oh, i'm sorry but, but that video that we showed while, while we were talking about that that's uh colton explains that pretty well at the beginning that that's one of the properties of this stainless steel i can have like it looks sort of bluish sometimes or it look kind of like bronzish sometimes it's just kind of just different discolorations happen yeah
2: that brown bronze i think is what everyone's referring to with yeah. the rusting comments where it will just discolor and it's uh, we we also noticed on Colton's truck that he detailed, there were environmental fallout spots that were unable to be removed, that were baked into the metal from ship. I mean, it, it never went on shipping. That's the thing. It was a truck that was delivered in Austin, built literally five miles down the road from the service center. And so, yeah, don't know what was going on, but watch Colton's video on the rusting topic. He'll know way more than we know.
1: Right. Okay. All right. Um, so have we beat that Cybertruck horse to death yet? Okay, let's move on. All right. So Kyle, let's start with you this week. Uh, this, so there's not a whole lot of big news. I really wanted to catch up on, you know, what you guys, the, the podcast crew, what's going on with your vehicle. So, uh, you got a new one this week. So the Kia EV9 is a hot vehicle. It's an attractive three row SUV. It seems to be selling well, and you got yourself one for six months on loan, not from the manufacturer, but from a dealer, which kind of blows my mind. Um, for whatever reason, your local dealer, Fort Collins Kia, has decided to take initiative and put this car into your hands so you can really get a feel for the ownership experience and share that with the wider world. So you have a video up now about where you're going to pick up the EV9 and your plans for it. Uh, maybe you can just tell us a bit about the spec that you got and what kind of videos we can expect to see from you over the next half of the year. And if there's anything that, you know, popping out that you that you didn't really notice maybe in your first initial wave of reviews because you've have a you have a few videos on the kia ev9 like if people are curious about the kia ev9 you can go to Edispec reviews and they have a bunch of content on that vehicle already
2: yeah i mean we, we try to be first for any large uh, volume exciting electric vehicle ev9 to me is particularly exciting because this is uh, really the largest SUV that's electric that you can buy in our market. And, you know, this, and ID Buzz isn't out yet, and it's just, you know, I think it's a great-looking vehicle. Kia and Hyundai have built some of the best electric cars on the electric global modular platform, the EGMP. And here we have it in the largest form EGMP can stretch to. There are tons of different configurations and variations of this model the one that we have is the longest range example okay this is the one that gets 300 and something miles um, in the epa cycle i'm not sure which cycle they use i gotta dig up a lot of this stuff we're going to be doing a deep dive into this vehicle and yeah, I can't thank Fort Collins Kia enough for letting us borrow it. You know, the our, we have a press car coming. I think we get it on Tuesday. So that would, be, that would have normally been our first opportunity to do testing. We were invited to the first drive a few weeks ago. Jordan went and did all that stuff. But even before that happened, our Kia dealer had a lot full of these things. So I just ran over there. They were viewers. They're like, we'll hook you up. You can use our vehicles for testing. Um, you know, so we got range tests in and initial drives and charge testing and all the initial stuff we needed to do with the dealer cars before the press introduction even happened, which this is the best scenario for me. I didn't have to travel anywhere. It's right across the street from my house. And I mean, it's not like I, it was such a great thing. And I had the vehicle at home on roads that I drive in our own testing loops. Those videos did pretty well our viewers bought a bunch of EV9s from this dealership, and they went, holy crap, this is crazy. Um, <laughs> you know. And then apparently someone backed out of this EV9. So someone ordered a rear wheel drive long range. It's called the light long range in Colorado. And the dealer is like, it's the middle of winter. What the heck are we going to do with this thing? We can't sell a rear wheel drive, $60,000 Kia in Colorado. And I was like, you know, I was talking to them too. And I was like, Oh, that's awesome. Can we do a range test on that one? So Jordan borrowed it for a range test. We did a thing. And then they were like, why why don't you just keep this one (laughs) for six months? So we had it, we picked it up exactly 10 days ago and uh, we have it for, for six months to do a long-term review on it. The dealer sold themselves the car but then put it, all the like um, stuff in my name. So I have the app, I have the everything activated, the free charging, all of that stuff is, uh, you know, we're really getting an ownership experience. If it breaks, I'll be the first one to tell you, there's no, you know, because this is a dealer, it's not like Kia or anything, you know, they're like, you just share, not we always just share our experience anyway, but I just love that it's not from a manufacturer and from it, it's an actual local business who's supporting out of spec with this one. And there's no mileage, their limitation. They're like, just go send it, do whatever you want with it. And, uh, you know, at the end of six months, if it's successful, maybe we'll do another one. I don't know. One
0: one of the the biggest bits of feedback, funnily enough, I've seen online, and it is the old cliche of the difference between our countries again, is so many people online I've seen saying, I need a vehicle this big, and I'm so pleased there's an electric choice now and it's literally it's not about you know the brand or the power or the all-wheel it's i've seen so many comments just simply about the size i need a vehicle this big and i want this car because it's electric and you know we wouldn't get that because it's oversized for our roads although again i absolutely wouldn't mind one because it would take all of our stuff and more and it's not you know it's not hummer big is it so um that's the feedback i've seen online is people saying this is great i need i need this vehicle
2: it feels big. Uh, even getting out, it's been interesting. We're going to do a whole comparison of R1S, EQS SUV, this one, and Model X, a little race to Vegas, some comparisons. Those are all the only large three-row electric options on the market, those four models. There's also EQB and Model Y, but those are like tiny three rows that no one's going to fit in the back of. Um, so we're really keeping it to those four models and Mercedes is working on sending us out an EQS for that. Rivian's working on sending us a R1S out so we can do everything. We of course have the model X here and the EV nine. Uh, it's the right size. We could put the dogs in this. We could put extra people in it. It's got the roof vents. It's so wonderful. And you know, I wouldn't spec the base spec, but you do get a lot as standard configuration. You get lane centering, automatic lane changes, um, it's got the push to talk so I can hit a button in the front seat and talk to the third row through like a PA system, which is pretty cool. I use that a ton. It's really fun. Um, kind of freaks people out. I love that. It's got pretty good headlights. It's really, and it's got great charging. It's really, uh, I've only DC charged it once. I've only AC charged it twice, but <laughs> it's got a lot. Of, it, it, the only thing I will say is it seems to be really inefficient. Okay. less efficient than I expected, even though it's a brick going down the road. This one doesn't have a heat pump. Um, I think it, I would like to see the difference. I have a one with a heat pump coming on Tuesday, like I mentioned. So I'll do the comparisons on that, which will be interesting, but yeah, overall we're thrilled. We can't thank the local Kia dealer enough for supporting us and, um you know, let us know what you want us to do with it.
1: All right. So you are amassing a number of unique evs over there kyle and you have a you have one that hit a very special milestone this week so your coda a car they stopped making over a dozen years ago got its first license plate (laughs) and highway drive okay so that's a so the car it's had its exterior, exterior paint except for the roof brought back to life by colton uh which people can check out on the auto spec detailing channel which is pretty cool and the interior has been detailed twice I believe and now is safe to sit in uh so tell us uh what was it like to drive at speed and and I'd also like to know if things like a if things like a range prediction if it has that, uh, has changed since you've been cycling through the battery a bit
2: well um yeah so so a lot to get into with the coda but uh for those who don't know coda is if you want to just imagine a very boring car, this is what you'll think of. There's no distinctive features about it, styling-wise. It is like the most...
1: Can I, can I say something? Yes. I was, I was, I was reminded yesterday, it's, it was styled by Pininfarina.
2: No way. <laughs> I don't know. It was. The <laughs> Shai Bao was styled by Pininfarina?
1: <laughs> I, be, I believe so, yes. Because it you uses
2: a Chinese body. And it was based Pinin...
3: on a Japanese car, it's, I on no, no, Mitsubishi or something. So yeah, well, I, Chinese,
2: I mean, the it's got their <laughs> The Mitsubishi was based on the Hai Fei Chinese car, so its roots are Chinese, and everything in the car has Chinese letters all over it.
1: Right, right. It's going to be from. It's very much from China. Yes.
2: So did Pininfarina style the
1: changes? I'm I'm not sure. It's been it's been a while. I didn't dig into the details of. It. I just saw that there and I was reminded. Oh yeah, that's right. But I didn't actually th- which version of the car because it made slight changes because it was like the 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 uh, how do you say it? the Shibao? the high face Shibao. Bao yeah high face Shibao. Then it was a Miles Automotive electric before which became Coda because yeah. Miles was bringing in these vehicles and it had other it was bringing in a few other vehicles like low speed vehicles right and then it had this idea and then. I'm not sure what happened, but it had to create a whole new company to do the the Coda thing. I mean... And then then Coda was bought by Mullen after it went out of business, but then Mullen didn't do anything with it. No, that's
2: not true. I just got a call from the president, one of the original founders of Mullen last week. Okay. And asking me if I wanted to buy their entire remaining Coda stock of inventory. (laughs) Thousands of parts. I'm talking warehouses full of stuff. And and like I was kind of like, Yeah, and then we'll just give the parts away for free. Um, But because they only wanted, like, I I think I probably could pay five grand; they'd give it all to me. I don't think they want it. Uh, Okay. So, and they have (laughs) eleven brand new zero codas. Oh
1: wow! Zero mile codas. Yeah. Wow. That's uh, something.
2: Yeah, it's pretty cool. It's can worth you- going over. And my my friend Robert Dunn from Aging Wheels was just over there uh, with another friend of mine d- doing some research on this project. And all three of us are thinking about going in on this, getting our, a storage place. If right. anyone knows of a storage place where we can store a bunch of crap uh, and then just give it away to Coda owners for free to keep these cars on the road, that would be the goal. I don't want to make any money from it whatsoever. I just, they're going to throw them out. And I think that would be a waste. Right. So and yeah. th- they have like, you know, five thousand doors like i've they got like <laughs> <laughs> and, and like you know like 150 ac compressors and thousands Ooh, of seats i don't even know what motors,
1: motors inverters anything like that they
2: got because 20 complete be... engine gearbox sets oh, oh wow shoot.
3: Yeah, They should, should give it to you for free because you're saving them so much
2: money in storage, you yeah, know, right. just
3: taking it off their hands.
2: You know, I haven't negotiated with them. I think they would. They they really want us to get it and then just to give it away. Yeah. Uh, from a logistic standpoint, I, I don't have time to do it, though. So I, if anyone watching wants to take on that project and we can pay for the shipping of everything and, and maybe some storage. Let me know because I don't want all that to get thrown away because they can be used for conversions. They're good parts. Right. But yeah. but Mullen is, uh, yeah, it just sounds like a crazy company. And even I was wow. talking to the guy there and I'm like, can you tell me anything that would give me confidence in Mullen? He's like, well, I don't know. Not really.
0: <laughs> 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 so I don't know. It seems but, but, look at that, that, but look at that that! paint job that's uh, that so right? restored. Wow. And
2: this is before the polish. This is just no. compounding. Wow, this is just compound. It's been in for <laughs> polish yesterday, and today he's finishing it up.
0: Oh, wow!
2: So it oh. really looks brand new. He showed me a picture, it looked like a mirror. Um, so it's you know a couple thousand dollars in paintwork, it needs a couple little interior bits, but yeah, I, I. Put the first, uh, well, I picked it up with 49 miles on it. It's got, uh, with this shot, I think it had 57 miles on the odometer. And then we drove it for the first time. So I went to DMV. That was a whole process because getting the title was a whole process, but they actually got one of the digits wrong on the title. So we had to go through this whole thing with Colorado DMV. Took me a couple days of going back and forth. Finally, we got the license plates for it. The insurance was a six-hour phone call of them trying to figure out what the heck it was. Same thing I had to go through for my Polestar 1. Um, And ultimately, we got that all sorted. And uh, now it's a drivable Coda, and I'm going to be driving it. You know, the LFP battery seems to be fine. We do have extra battery modules, Robert does, at Aging Wheels if I need any, but um, I have not cycled the battery enough to know its performance. Robert's car will shut off at 70% state of charge. This one had the indication of a low battery come on around 60% state of charge, Um, Um. but it was only after a hard acceleration. So I was thinking maybe it was a voltage sag that set it off because I stayed on the Mm. throttle so long. It's got to have quirks that we need to figure out, but ultimately we'll be driving it doing a range test, but I just want to get 500 miles on it, really get everything broken in, um, you know, and and worn in because everything after sitting for 10 years, is just going to be gunked up.
1: Marty Walsh has a great uh, suggestion here, or even high school shop classes. If number one place breeding anti EV sentiment right now, but yeah, uh, like high schools for a while, they're back in you know a decade or so ago. They were doing like conversions in high schools and shop classes, you know, and kids were learning you know how electric motors and inverters all kind of work together to turn the wheels. And that's, that's not happening that. anymore. I haven't really seen it. It could be happening. I just haven't. It's not been on my radar like it used to be.
2: Yeah, I did cause... an interview with a guy who teaches EV conversions in high schools, but it's in uh, no, he's in New Jersey, but he works in Southern California. It was confusing, but he was a cool guy. It's from right. the EV Learning Center.
0: Okay. I bet I bet lots of places like that have got budget that would that would want stuff that they can teach with.
2: Um Yeah, we shouldn't let the parts go to waste. We know enough no. people that have you know some place where we can just dump all this stuff and then have someone go once a week or once a month and fulfill you know just shipping orders to to people who need stuff for their coda. Um, it doesn't need to be a big deal. Yeah, Mr. G, that's the guy who I'm thinking of. He teaches high school. Um, he's a cool, cool dude. I did a video with him. So anyway, the coda drives. I took it down the highway. Uh, you know, first drive, twelve year old car, maxed it out, buried the needle at eighty five miles an hour. Felt like you would imagine it felt a little squirrely, (laughs) but it was really, uh, really great. So once it's done, I'm gonna drive it for at least a couple weeks and just really get to know it.
1: Right, sweet. All right, Um, so we should move along. Got a bunch of things to chat about here. Uh, You also had a video this week featuring Colton's 2023 Volkswagen ID4, and it finally, finally has the ability to plug and charge on Electrify America, at least. Uh, which is basically what it sounds like. You plug it in and charge. It starts charging and it starts billing you automatically as it should. Of course, the ID Four comes, with, I think, with three years of free thirty-minute sessions, so you don't really get billed anyway. So there, there's that. I don't know if you really want to mention anything about this, but I, just, I saw it on your channel, and uh, so people with twenty twenty threes at least can can enable this on their app now, basically.
2: Yeah, it seems pretty simple. You go. You have to do two enabling uh, things. The first is any 2023 that has software 3.1, I think, uh, you go into the Electrify America app, and then under plans, you select your ID4. That will already be set up, because if you're getting the free charging, that's how it's all hooked up. And then all you do is hit activate plug-in charge. It already knows your VIN, because it knows your free charging plan. And then in the car, you go to charging settings, and there's a plug-in charge that needs to be enabled. And I got to tell you, it worked great on the first try. Colton's, I think, since been back, and it worked amazing as well. So um, why this launched three years after start of production on a Volkswagen plug-in charging on a Volkswagen charging network, I will never understand. They say it's hard. They say it's difficult. Ford did it two years ago with the mm-hmm. mach on Volkswagen's charging network. So this is just stupid. But I'm glad it's finally there. It's so needed because I can't tell you how many times I see, especially older people who buy ID4s, which I, I was actually just talking to our Volkswagen dealer. They said almost everyone buying ID4s are 60+. plus. And, you know, not saying that 60 is old. I'm just saying that, you know, it's an older generation, you know, 70s buying these cars. And they don't know how to use the apps. They don't know how to use the software in the car. And they get to chargers. And the Volkswagen dealers getting calls every day. How do I charge this damn thing? So I think this is really going to solve a lot of problems.
1: Right.
3: Quick question, Kyle. Um, Is it 23 and newer only? How about the people, the original ones? And the crazy thing, just like you mentioned, you know, when the 4 launched, the Volkswagen people tell me it'll be plug and charge enabled by the end of this year. You know, like and it just, just kept getting kicked down the road. It's it's amazing. And like Kyle also mentioned, Maki launched with it. You know, I, I did, I think, the first plug-in charge on a mach on Alex for America, video of it at least, back when, because I uh, I had really early access. It wasn't actually me. It was John Volker had super early access to a mach because he was doing, like, the car of the year award stuff, and he drove over to my house, and, um, and I was able to do the plug-in charge. And I'm like, wow, it works. So, you know, say it's hard, that's bullshit. I'm sorry. Uh, you know, if Ford can have it work on Volkswagen's network, on a, their car at launch, then you know what, what? What? Why did it take Volkswagen so long? And then the second thing, Kyle, um, how about billing? Have they been able to sort that out at all? Do you still pay non? Like, let's say you have the the Electrify America, um, you know, plus account where you're paying eight dollars a month and you pay a reduced rate. If you use the plug-in charge, do you still get the reduced rate? Because to date, I haven't seen any car be able to do that. You always pay the full rate when you oh. use plug and charge
2: so with volkswagen because it comes with free charging the answer is when you use the volkswagen plan and it starts with whatever you initiate with you get 30 minutes at no yeah. cost and then it bills at least at my station 58 cents per kilowatt hour after that which is crazy. so you're not
3: getting the discount yeah so, so but that- i can't
2: imagine most id4 owners have a pass plus I think it's only if they then have another car because what I see most people do is they just unplug and replug in and yeah, get another plug exactly. for exactly. free. Exactly.
3: Exactly. Yeah, but I mean I'm not just talking about Volkswagen with, with Ford, this with this issue. It's an issue. Yeah, with well, Taycan too, you know, uh, and 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 um, the vehicles that have plug-in charge. They don't you 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 get billed the higher rate. They don't link it to your Electrify America price plus account.
2: But with Tycon, at least for model year 25, the new ones come with one year free charging. Yeah. Um, but the old ones still have three years. I don't think they've burned out of their free charging The first yet.
3: ones that launched, it's been out for three, three years, hasn't years? it? Just about yeah. now, but I think. But the first ones close, don't have yeah. plug and
2: charge. Yeah, it's yeah, yeah, only yeah you're the, right, right. It was but, launched after start of production. But,
3: but, but this is an issue that people should know. And I keep threatening to make a video on it but i keep forgetting you really should like the title of the video is you know this is what you never do with your ev and that's enable plug-in charge if you don't have a free charging plan because you're going to pay extra if you have an ea plan and i just don't don't know why they can't fix this
2: the only one it affects i think is ford because they give you like a couple hundred kilowatt hours or maybe just one 100 kilowatt hours and then it's like do you want to pay twenty five percent more? Yeah. yeah, or will you just swipe in an app? And, exactly. and here's the thing for people like you and me and probably most of our viewers, swiping in an app is not that much of an inconvenience. And in fact, it's like kind of nice to know, like, okay, I know this charger's available, and I'll swipe whatever. But for the majority of the older population and even some new people who don't do any research, plug-in charge is so needed. It All is. Right. The make or break
3: i get you but you know if if i told people look when you go to a gas station you could pay 25 percent less if you downloaded an app
1: if you use the app, everyone right, right, would right. do it
3: i don't care mm-hmm. the 95 year old <laughs> would buy a freaking absolutely s- cell phone just so they can have an app and do it you know for 25 percent savings so it's just nuts that they haven't been able to figure this out so um any of that um yeah i agree. Yep. you're
2: right absolutely i
3: disabled my plug and charge on my lightning like a week after i had it because i already burned through the the whatever the 500 <laughs> kilowatt hours that 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 they gave me for free
2: all that work on plug and charge and yeah. they did a lot of work on plug yeah. and charge completely if, gone to waste if you own a
3: lightning or a maki disable
2: plug and charge
3: unless you don't care about paying 25 percent extra you know because you're mm. you're you're paying 25 percent extra when you go to ea account well well i have to call for that if you have the price plus account if you're a very infrequent user of the plan so you don't have an electrify america price plus account then it doesn't matter then you're paying the same um but if you if you have the account you're paying the seven dollar a month fee disable your plug-in charge because you're you're paying more money
1: right
0: i can't believe Mm. we're still talking about this not working properly and in 2024 and martin
2: the the crazy part is Electrify America right now is the only network in the US that supports ISO 15118 plug-and-charge. So you set up your Ford with it, you set up your Volkswagen with it. Let's say IANA or EVGO also sets up plug-and-charge. Most vehicles only support one contract. So then you'll have to choose which network will my car plug-and-charge on because Electrify America won't roam.
0: That doesn't make any sense. And so
2: then it's like, you got to pick and choose and bmw supports five contracts so that's great and it will automatically select based on the one you're plugging into but most cars today only have room for one on the chip
0: that's Mm. crazy that's crazy. you know it's funny funny enough i was advising a a very very old friend of uh, not old age-wise but i've known him we went to university in the 90s together so we've grown up together our careers developed together we've both got five-year-old children um I I didn't want to get it wrong and he said to me um I'm trading in the BMW X3 and I'm going to buy an EV what should I buy and we talked about that I just bought a Polestar 2 and I like it and it's nice and I, I and he's you know he's not a uh, tech backwards he's not tech forwards he's you know he's kind of just like a normal guy but um I thought I can't get this recommendation wrong because it's someone i care very much about and i care about our friendship so you know again on on here and on my podcast and you're talking about the pros and the cons and you try and give people uh, buying advice on the on on the battery bargains midweek shows that we do and i just said to him do you like the model 3 yeah i like us buy a tesla and that's the end of the conversation because he does regular journeys that are about 200 mile round trip and he passes superchargers and i said if you don't go and drive one and if you like one just buy one that is as, a, as your first ev and then when you're in the in the ecosystem and then you can decide if you want to get involved in ccs charges and i came away from that conversation i thought isn't that telling that because it's someone that i care very much about if i got it wrong or if he had a bad experience i would feel awful J- just buy a tesla like if you don't want to get involved in all of that plug it in walk away do that it's interesting in 2024 that's my recommendation
3: Right? especially considering that I'm sure
0: you would rather not recommend Teslas. <laughs> well, you know what? I would rather recommend an interesting car for him. Yeah. Like he's coming out of a BMW X3. He's, he's, you know, he likes that car that he came out of. Um, and so he wanted something, you know, he didn't want a model Y, but he wanted, he loved the idea of getting a pole star. Uh, and, and I was like, you know what, in the middle of winter, you want to do 200 miles round trip. He's got, a, and he's got a new little, uh, a little kitty like mine. Um, and I'm like, in the middle of winter at motorway speeds, um, because it's all motorways that he's doing for 200 miles, you, you're going to struggle to get home without a quick top-up charge. And on a Sunday night when you got work on Monday morning and it's 9 o'clock and you got a little one in the baby seat, even a 15-minute top 10-minute top-up charge is not what you want. It's what I would do, and it's no problem, and I, I build that into my life, and it's what we do here. So, yeah, I would love to recommend him something kind of more juicy you know if you like coming kind of something more interesting that we could that, that he could get in, his teeth into but he like he loves the idea of a tesla so i'm like if you love the idea go and, and go and buy one yeah. and you will love that car
1: it's a safe bet for sure Yeah. Uh, hey tom so you had an interesting week this week you went down you flew down to texas for the day and then, but, and you have, it's going to, it's kicking off a whole series of videos. I think this this one video, this whole situation is kicking. I think it's going to kick off like a whole, I think your life is going to change right about now. I think it's, you know, uh, tell, tell us about what's what's state of charge.
3: Yeah. So I haven't, I haven't officially confirmed that I'm going to do this, but I'm really thinking okay. about it. So, you know, so often I get people sending me pictures of their home charging equipment that has like burned out. Like there there's a problem with something, whether it's inside the EVSE, a disconnect switch, a a burnt NEMA 1450 outlet, something like that. And they're just kind of like, Tom, what went wrong here? So um, I had always thought about what, and I try to respond to everybody that sends me these problems, but I have to admit, I apologize if you're someone that sent me something and I didn't respond, I get overwhelmed with emails. I can't respond to everyone. I wish I could, but uh, this week, happened to be on the tesla model y facebook uh group and just so happened pops up a picture of this guy's service disconnect next to his tesla wall connector that's just melted the thing's trashed and he's like what the hell happened here i hired a licensed electrician i pulled a permit um this is the third time this has happened so i'm like hmm this is interesting. Like wh- what's going on here? You know? So I messaged him and I asked him a couple of questions and I'm like, look, um, how about this? I feel bad for you. You're having a lot of problems with this. Would you consider letting me fly to your house, analyze the problem, bring in a local contractor, fix it at no cost to you, but I need to be able to film everything. And he's like, well, I need to get this done really quickly. I said, how about this? Within 10 days, I'll have it fixed and you'll be charging your car again. It's going to take me a couple days to put all this stuff together. And it was over the weekend. So um, he said, he said, all right, let's go for it. So I contacted my channel sponsor, Q Merit. I said, look, guys, um, find me a a, uh, one of your contractors in San Antonio. It was just San Antonio, Texas. As you guys know, I'm up here in New Jersey. I said, I need to schedule somebody as soon as possible to come out. I sent them the pictures. I said, I don't know what's going on here. But the guy said he's had a failure on his this this disconnect box. He's had a junction box melt where he had to have a electrician come out and repair it. And the breaker for his wall connector has melted inside his service panel on three different occasions. He's uh, like, there's like something crazy going on in this guy's house. So so Qumar said, sure, you know we we've got contractors everywhere. We'll we'll set you up with somebody. And so then I said, look guys, um, the, you know I'm um uh, this isn't a Kumeric commercial but if you want to partner with me on this and pick up the cost of the repair, um, you know, well, I'll, I'll you know, I'll talk about, you know, that, you know, you're my channel sponsor and everything. So they said, Tom, we'll cover the cost for everything. Fly out there, meet us there on Monday morning, and we're going to send one of our master electricians that uh, is in California or the Cumara uh, Network um, because he's good on camera. And I've worked with this guy before, uh, Matt Trout. He's the one that did the install of my Ford um, house backup uh, power system. So, uh, uh, and he kind of deals with when Cumaret when someone in the cumeric network has a real interesting issue, he he's the one that goes out and and analyzes it and and, and does. It. So he goes, "We'll send Matt out. You guys could talk about what went wrong here." So we did that. Flew out, met him there. Um, we walked around the house. We found a whole bunch of problems. Um, and don't forget, this was all licensed a licensed electrician. It was permitted. It was inspected. It's all to code yet it still failed. Why is that? Well, it's basically the things that I say over and over again, EV charging is different. The code needs to catch up to EV charging. The components that are used in regular electric appliances today cannot deal with the duty cycle that electric vehicle charging places on it. And the outlets are failing. The the disconnects are failing. Here's the service disconnect. I actually have it here from the guy's house. See this, that tab's supposed to pull out to to disconnect. Okay, and it's it's completely melted as you can see. This service disconnect, while it's to code and is allowed to be on a 50 amp circuit, cannot handle electric vehicle charging equipment. It's meant for an air conditioner. If anybody out there has this pull type service disconnect on your EV charging equipment, have an electrician come out and swap it out For the knife style the ones are on the side you pull down because this cannot my um i talked to matt about this he said tom we replace 10 to 15 of these a week around the country that people have had installed and and they just cannot handle the duty cycle the fact that 40 amps of power is passing through it for six to eight hours a day sometimes seven days a week they just aren't designed to handle that duty cycle they can handle it in short bursts like you have for an air conditioning compressor or a pool pump or something like that so that's one of the problems the other problem is from his service panel he had 85 feet of aluminum wire running to a junction box at the junction box then they ran copper to the uh um to the to the wall uh, 60 feet of copper to the um wall connector so that in the in the panel, the 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 connection to the breaker was melting. And it actually charred his bus bar. So his bus bar and his service panel was was destroyed. And the connections inside the service, um, the junction box behind the house were all melted. So we replaced everything except his service panel, because th- for that you need to um get the uh, utility involved because they have to shut the power off. And um and quite honestly, that was something outside of the scope of what I promised I would do. Um, so we fixed everything. We're pulled copper wire around up through the attic, down to the house, to, got rid of the service disconnect. First of all, you don't need a service disconnect for EV charger. You only do if it's if it's on a circuit that's greater than 60 amps. Tesla wall connectors are on 60 amp or circuits because they pull 48 amps. So you don't need a service disconnect for it. So it was a it was an appendage that that was unnecessary, and it just added another point of failure. So we eliminated that, hardwired the copper right to the back of a brand new wall connector we gave him. Even though the other one was fine, we didn't want to take a chance. So we pulled 80 feet of cable through his, through his thing down into his garage, gave him a new wall connector, put new breakers on the panel, relocated them away from the area on his bus bar that's all charred which is still charred. Um, but we, we did, we promised him if you want uh, us to come back and just replace the bus bar in your existing Eaton panel, we'll do that. We'll get you the bus bar for free and change that. But if you want a whole new service panel at this point, we'll do that also, but it will be at your cost because that's a big, that's a big job. Anyway, we got him up and running. He was charging his, his Tesla Model Y. I have a full video coming out on that. Um, in uh, probably over the weekend. I just need to do some final editing. Um, and this whole thing gave me, uh, you know, kind of like an epiphany. I was like, as I'm flying to, to San Antonio, I'm like, I could do this like regularly. Like, you know, if people Man. that have these crazy problems that can't figure them out, that like, you know, I'm not just going to be if somebody burns a NEMA 1450 outlet, but this right. guy had like a real series of issues that he and he, he's had three different electricians to his house, licensed electricians that just put Band-Aids on it and left, you know what I mean? So um, I'm, I'm gonna probably, you know, ask my followers to say, look, send me your difficult problems. If you're having really trouble with your electric vehicle charging equipment, if you're melting, uh, you know, breakers, if 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 there's co- some kind of issues going on. And there's a lot of issues out there. I just haven't come up with a good, catchy name for this series yet. So you could also send uh, me uh, some suggestions for this series. You know, I like the guy that would fix the house. You know, the guy's name was Holmes, and it was Holmes on Homes in Canada, which was really cool. So, um, yeah, I think I'm going to add this, maybe a monthly trip I'll do, and I'll fly, and I'll fix someone's problems and come back to Jersey and get them up and
2: charging. Tom, you have cracked the YouTube code. This <laughs> is how you break YouTube. Also, by the way, I, we haven't talked about it yet, but I was hoping you could come out for the installation of our uh, DC chargers because uh, we got some crazy stuff we're doing at the office. And we just got our X-charge unit delivered this morning, which is the battery-buffered bi-directional thing we're going to power everything with. So um, uh, I'd love to. We, if, yeah. If, when, when,
3: when, yeah, we'll talk afterwards, but we'll yeah, see sounds if we can good. swing that out.
2: That'd so, be great for, for sure. you to do a thing on that.
3: Yeah. That'd be great. Right. Yeah. So, so, you know, and the point of that is, and not to plug my, my channel sponsor, but the, the sp- point Uh-oh. of this Uh-oh. is I do get a lot of people that, that message me and say, you know, Tom, Qmerit came out and gave us a, uh, an estimate and it was $1,800. So I had my local electrician come out and it was $900. Why does it cost twice as much? That's ridiculous. I'm not using them. And you know, the truth of the matter is you're going to probably pay more if you hire Qmerit. I'm telling you flat out right now, but Number one, they won't use a service disconnect like this. They'll use the right one that probably costs them 60 or $70 more, just for that one part. They'll never run aluminum wire. They'll run copper wire to the connection straight on. They they use torque wrenches for all of the connections. That's super important. The, what this, inside this, pan, this um, disconnect probably melted because the, tor- the uh, connections weren't torqued properly. Uh, because it was copper going in and copper going out. Now, it is a crappy disconnect, but it it, it was only like a year old, and I would have thought it might have taken longer to melt. So I'm thinking they were either under-tightened or over-tightened. People assume, I just need to crank on it, make sure it's super tight so it's good. No, it has to be the right amount, and I'll tell you why. The wires are a certain thickness, and when you crank on those connections, what do you do? You compress the wire. If it's not tight enough, it's not good but if you over-tighten it what you do is you compress that wire now the wires half as thick as it's supposed to be so you know you, you have to use a torque wrench do it right so that's what I'm getting at you know are you gonna pay a little more if you get Cumera? you probably will but you can probably rest assured that everything is done right and you don't have this kind of problem now you know that that that's your call I, I recommend them I don't tell people you have to use this if you're gonna use another electrical contractor grill them on their experience with electric vehicle charging equipment talk to them mm-hmm. about the you know the, the, what what type of disconnect you're going to use if they're going to use a disconnect what type of wire are you going to use you know are you going to run thhn you know and you can't run six gauge romex for for a tesla wall connector so many people do chances are you won't have a problem with that that's kind of like a real code nitpicking thing but it's against right. code you need to run thhn in any event. So that's what I did. And, uh, I'm, I'm kind of excited about this. I think it's going to be a fun video series flying around and fixing people's problems and getting them charging their cars again. So this, your
1: first video might come out this weekend. Yeah. This weekend. It'll awesome. Be done. Awesome. We'll, we'll keep an eye out for that. Yeah. Uh, this week, past week, you have another video out on your station, on your, on your channel. That's not about the, plugging in cars but just you went out to to uh, Lucid in Arizona a, a couple of weeks ago and so you have a video up this week um, going over some of the features of the Lucid Gravity which is the big three row SUV that's coming out later this year it kind of it kind of starts in price where the EV9 ends basically um, with the key EV9 ends so uh, right so what do you what do you think uh, some of the top features that you think buyers will appreciate like in this car
3: so you know um, as far as feature-wise, you know, I didn't get to go in that deep of a dive because it's still uh, a prototype. Um, right. But you know, high-level stuff. What I really like about it is um, for usability and utility. The front loading of the frunk and the rear hatch is incredibly low. And you know, I talk about that a lot with my Lightning. The, I love how the frunk has a low loading height. The 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 frunk is is so low on the Lucid because it's not a pickup truck. That you can just sit on it. It's like, you know, seat height. And they talk about, you know, um uh what did they call it? Um front gating. Um Peter Rawlinson said, I think it you know, was we
2: frunking. We, what's that? Wasn't was it, it frunking, frunking
3: or front gating? I forget. I think Maybe it was, it was frunking. frunking. Yeah. anyway, like, you know, when you go to a tailgate, you know, you you could sit on your front and it's 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 really a perfect height. You don't have to jump up, you know, even you know, if you're not that tall. So, and the rear loading height is really low also. So, you know, th- those are, you know, usability things that I think sometimes people overlook, but then when you have the vehicle, it's so much easier. The back is enormous. When you put those two rows of seats down, holy crap, you could fit a, uh, Derek Jenkins talked about when they first in my video, he said, when when we were first commissioned to design this, um, Peter Rawlinson said, I want it to fit a standard American refrigerator in the back. Wow. And uh, and he said, we can fit a, a standard size American refrigerator in the back. Well, of course, being a wisest, I said, can it fit my Sub-Zero? And he just looked at me. He was like, that's not a standard refrigerator. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> but, um, but it's still
2: huge. It's, it's huge.
3: It's huge, the back. So I think that, you know, the usability of this thing, it really, to me, is, is like, it's more minivan than SUV to me. It's right. it's you know it, uh, there's a picture if you're watching on um, on YouTube now of uh, a couple ladies sitting in the front by the beach, uh, very nice and um, so that was important. The uh, egress and, and uh, is is really easy because it's kind of lower than a typical SUV. Like I said, it's it, it reminded me as, as much as a minivan more 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 than an SUV. It almost needs the figure to have like a sliding door on the side rather than rather than the rear um doors but um uh it, it's it has the functionality i think of a minivan i think that's what i think really stood out to me it's enormous it's cavernous uh you know super comfortable i like the um the if you if you're watching on youtube now you can see the um Uh, a person sitting in the driver's seat i like the horizontal uh screen Mm -hmm. and it's fixed it doesn't um slide in like the airs does which is kind of a little you know almost like a parlor trick uh, to me that 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 thing and um uh the fixed screen is fine there's plenty of storage space the screen also the driver's display is one giant display in the air, it's broken up into three sections. But in this, you can have one whole big display, like um, like movie playing or something, or some. They have these like relaxation settings where you could set it on if you're um, charging your car. And there's a couple different ones, like you know, water and forest and everything. And it, it was really, I mean, I, I don't know if I'd use that, but like look, it looks cool. Um, right. And and they have the uh, square steering wheel. Talk, we talked a lot. Um, I talked with God, um, what was his name? David Flint, who's the head of UX. And um, yeah, he's in the video too. I interviewed David Flint, Jenny Ha, who's exterior design and Derek Jenkins. I have like seven or eight minute interviews with each one of them and doing walkarounds with all all three of them um, just to talk about, you know, design. Like Derek really went into sort of like um, efficiency through design. Um, more than Jenny did. Jenny talked really more about styling, but then Derek really talked about how like they're proud of the shape that it it doesn't just look nice, but that it's incredibly efficient. and uh, And that was the whole thing. You know, this thing's going to supposedly get over 440 miles of driving range with a uh, you know a, a battery that's roughly the size of the Airs, maybe uh, you know within a couple kilowatt hours of the size of the Airs, and for a big full size seven seat SUV. To go more than 440 miles with with a battery that's say under 120 kilowatt hours, that's a pretty, pretty amazing accomplishment. You're talking four and a half to four point six miles per kilowatt hour uh, as mm-hmm. an EPA that's range, Crazy. Right? Not 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 probably not you know on a real-world driving, but that's nuts efficient-wise. Yeah, so insane. um let's let's see, let's see if they hit all those marks. But I I really like it. I think it's uh, the the functionality of it to me. Is what I was really impressed with. This is a this is a family SUV that you know doubles as a minivan that goes far, should charge fast, looks pretty nice as far as I'm concerned. Um, I think Lucid cannot get this thing to market fast enough. It's right. It, 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 I'm not going to go as far to say as it's going to save the company, but we all know Lucid's not selling as many air as they had hoped to at this point. I think they're, they're run their rates between three and five hundred a month or something like that. Um, which is well below what their original, you know, guidance was. Um, this vehicle here, if they don't, if this doesn't sell well, Lucid's in trouble because it's an yeah. unbelievable. Uh, I think it's a great package. It's going to start at eighty thousand. I don't know what you're going to get for eighty thousand though. You know, they haven't told us what that eighty thousand dollar model is going to have. You're not going to get all the bells and whistles for eighty grand. No. Uh, but they are going to make a version of it available so that it'll sneak under the federal tax. Credit limit, and you can get that federal tax credit, and you know, um, drive one that's maybe slightly decontented, and you know, out the door for you know only a little more than seventy thousand dollars, which you know would, would seems to me would be a great value. I'm
2: right. sure it made the uh, news, Dominic, but the Lucid pricing was just completely revamped this week. Right. So, right, I was just going to mention m- that. Maybe that we should just throw that in ch- now.
1: They they chopped eight thousand dollars off the price tag of the Lucid Air. I'm not sure if that's all the all the different trims though. That's the I just, touring. Yeah, so 7, one got a, on pure.
2: Yeah, each one got a different price reduction, except for Sapphire.
1: Okay. Yeah. Sapphire didn't get any price reductions, late, no, I suppose. No,
2: but that's the craziest per, quarter million dollars to get million plus dollar supercar performance is, right. for, I would say, a deal of the century. But uh, under seventy grand or under what is it now? Seventy-nine or sixty-nine for a base. I, I saw
1: seventy-nine. Uh, is it 79 i thought it, it used should be to be 80 we should double check
2: right? new air hold on give me one second we got google oh i put a new air price and gave me macbook air 69 Lucid.
3: nine
2: yeah under 70 grand yeah. or mm-hmm. or under 700 dollars a month on a lease with i'm not sure how much down uh and i'm sure that doesn't include taxes and fees but um yeah wow that's yeah. Now, see this new pricing. There's a uh, someone put up a comprehensive list on Twitter, feels like the right price for the car today, given the I, I don't know much about the sales numbers or anything, I don't really follow that, but it just feels like okay, now it's hard to ignore. This car, because, you know, they used to be one hundred and seventy maxed out and they were, you know, the I don't know what that pure was, but the pure just launched recently. But, you know, they, they were always a bit higher than I think they should have been. Right. And uh now this feels right. This is like it's still an amazing car, incredible driving range. Again, the, the chassis performance, the, the braking package, the way it drives, the space efficiency, styling still, you guys know, not my not my thing um but wow for 70 grand holy smokes and that's on the pure which is the most efficient one which is the one i kind of like the most that's a lot of car
3: the pure is the deal now that is a great car at that price Uh, you know
1: fantastic deal right Hmm.
2: and you can't buy a model s long range right now because they're on stop sale
1: Yeah, what is that? I just saw this in here. Uh, Anthony C says Model S and Model Y performance are under a stop sale. What's up with that?
2: Yeah, the EPA asked them to stop selling them while they work out some sort of range calculation issue on Model S dual motor all-wheel drive and Model Y performance variants. Keep in mind, the EPA redid a lot of their testing procedures for 2024, so I think you're going to be seeing some of this coming through. It might just be a few-day thing. It might be a few-week thing. I don't know. We don't know that's if that's weird. because they under or over promised or whatever it is, but um, just something to keep an eye on as we hear more.
1: Right. Okay. Um, hey, Martin, you had an interesting uh, week. So you, there's some weird vacation thing around this time of year, I guess that people in Britain do. I'm not. You were telling us about it. It, was, it sounded kind of uh, <laughs> weird. Uh, <laughs> you all go to camp or something like a summer camp kind of situation, but on the seashore. Or, I don't. Yeah. But it's... you drove
0: yeah so the holiday camps are a thing which are essentially a very 1970s um british thing where you all go to uh stay in this fenced off camp where there's swimming pools and all the staff wear a certain (laughs) uniform so we are at butlins where there's red coats uh, and it's all very much enforced fun and we will all have fun for a week and uh and and there's entertainment and there's karaoke and uh, they all do a song and a dance um and for people of uh, parents of a certain age will know uh mr tumble and mr tumble was there uh so uh so you know that was obviously the highlight uh for me and all of the three-year-olds around us
1: okay so that sounds like a very british vacation um <laughs> But this is also a very good time for you to take your Polestar two for a nice long drive with the family for the first time. You just got this car, and so I just want to know, like, how how far did you have to drive, and and how, how did you and the fam, you know, like it, like yeah. how are you enjoying it?
0: So two hundred and twenty miles round trip. So we got home with just just enough to you know to get home. And uh, honestly, the thing that surprised me most about the Polestar, well, actually, there's there's two things that I really I very much recommend about the Polestar. Um, firstly it's it feels like a group of people have thought about it incredibly well and from the sm- the small details so whether it's the little pole star light that shines on the panoramic roof for no particular reason just because it does uh, to all the different textures they've used on the door cards to the way uh, the buttons feel a lot of it's all volvo stuff anyway but um but just the design of the car the longer that i'm living with the pole star it, it just seems like a group of people that cared about it were given the time and money to do stuff that doesn't necessarily need to be on the car. They could have probably got Polestar's out quicker had they cut some corners or not been so thoughtful about it, uh, raided the Volvo parts, bin a little bit more. And, and uh, it, they didn't do that. And it, it's very much the opposite of. The Tesla way which is how can we rationalize and become more efficient and that of course leads through to their engineering because their efficiency is next level and the Polestar isn't it's very very thirsty like like the Volvos and so um and you know it's a compromised platform but I wanted that I wanted uh something that was very analogous to a petrol you know vehicle with the bonnet and the you know center console down the middle and stuff and so uh because you know I, we could have gone got an ironic 5 or an EV6 and had a pure EV experience but I wanted this and so that is the thing i recommend about the polestar so much is that i that it feels like somebody cared enough to design this car to delight and just nice little touches in it and and that is it, it it's so nice that you get in it and you think i think somebody cared about this and you know i'm a, I'm of a certain age and of a certain experience with my car buying and selling life that that's exactly what i wanted and it, it feels it just feels nice to get inside a Polestar. Uh, so that's my first thing. The second thing is there's been a real revelation is Android. Now, obviously I'm in the Apple world. In fact, we were all joking on our private message because after about six months of, of going around in circles, last weekend, I just bit the bullet and went from Windows to to Mac. So um, after my entire professional life of, of being productive on, windows machines um and so that's a lot of muscle memory Uh, i've always had like the app the iphone the watch and and the ipads and stuff but for doing stuff i've always been pc and so this program you're watching today is being streamed through the imac for the first time um and it's probably why i look so terrified on this this live stream because i have not it's it's like i'm doing 150 miles an hour with my eyes closed and i don't quite know where we're going but it's all working, so let's pretend I know what I'm doing. And so um, Android has been a revelation because it doesn't matter if you're in the in the uh, iOS ecosystem or not, it just works. And it's been, um, the longer that I live with it and the more, uh, uh, my five-year-old loves talking to OK Google. And uh, he asked, he, he, we were in the car yesterday, he's like- You just set hey, off Google.
2: 500 people's <laughs> devices.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'm so sorry. Um, He's like, hey G, uh, how many days until my birthday? And like just chatting away to it. And that's the first that's mind-blowing that five-year-olds are growing up into a world where they're not scared of technology. And it's very, very native to them. But still, um, it is absolutely seamless. It's wonderfully integrated with the vehicle. I know that's coming to um, you know, more cars, more vehicles. We know it's coming to Ford vehicles as well soon, sometime this year, isn't it? It's thinking it's like with the Mackey where they're getting more deeper Google Maps integration, where they're opening up the BMS. So google maps will know your state of charge where you know where, where to navigate along the way and so you know it is very much the uh, as close to a tesla experience as i think you can get without owning a tesla in terms of that integration with the charging network and all those kind of things um and it all feels like uh it, it's been very well done and i'm not the biggest fan of google products because i think the minute you become a fan of one they probably kill it off and send it to the google graveyard so I tend to stay a lot with Apple. I don't mind paying for stuff if I'm not going to be advertised to, um, and I don't mind paying that little bit of a premium. It's important to me. And, but honestly, I think Google and Android have absolutely nailed it with this. That's been a revelation to me, Don.
1: Sweet. All right. Uh, so we do, if you don't know, we do a series on early in the week called battery bargains where we choose, you know, new or used cars for, uh, for people who write in and, uh, like Polestar Two, we have an expert on our staff now. We can talk about that car, and it's that's really great. You um, know,
2: every time I get into a Polestar Two, I mean, I own a Polestar as well, but I have a soft spot for the Polestar Two. I especially the performance pack ones with the crazy suspension and braking package and the gold seatbelts. And you know, I I, I don't know if I mentioned it on a podcast or not, but we we were looking at a house on top of a mountain here, and there was an amazing road getting up there. It's <laughs> Uh, an, uh, it's like a 12 mile, basically full on racetrack hill climb. And I had a Polestar two on, uh, as a service loader, cause my car was in for service and it was a full spec performance pack with the new performance software as well. And I was like, wow, this is great. And was just sending it up and down this road. And you know, it's, it was so stable. It was so nice. The cabin's small, but I kind of like that, like this, like cockpit vibe, Everything has a lot of weight to it. The buttons feel good. The infotainment system had great on-route preconditioning and route planning and everything I needed it to do. The car looks great. It's solid. And and then right after that, I rented a front-wheel drive one. This was recently uh, in, in the middle of a snowstorm in Germany. And even that was amazing, and it had zero options. I'm like, man, the car on paper does not show well. But when you drive it, like Martin said, there is some soul and character to this one
0: yeah okay. I, I i like the um i've had the obd dongle and car scanner plugged into it and whenever i've navigated to a charger the preconditioning's worked well I, it just jumps to 150 and kind of sits there for as long as it it can it's had obviously updates the um over the air updates come i think re- it's not it's not like a tesla cadence but it's it's reasonably good um the connectivity is great i see nick in the comments because nick said uh that he got it for a steal and that's because uh nick is my friend who um, hey nick you've seen hey, on uh, on previous shows because i was i went out there to uh, to to collect it uh, from him because uh he he found me he found me the cheapest one in the uk uh from auctions because he buys and sells cards. that's his job so uh and has a great youtube channel called ev nick so um uh yeah i did get it for a steal uh as well and also uh i must mention as well it's it engineered as kyle says engineered really nicely just even down to the uh uh, the the engineering of the brake pedal and the regen um and i only noticed it because i only had the car a month when we left last week for our holiday um at 100 because i haven't been charging it to 100 percent haven't needed to and i got to the end of my road and let off the accelerator <laughs> And one pedal driving was the same. And that calibration, oh. and it just blended in the brakes. There's no region, obviously, because oh, the nice, brakes, and nice, you could nice. see on the, the display that, you know, there was. Yeah,
2: it shows you when it's using friction brakes. No other car like overlays that little orange line so to indicate what it's doing. It's like, ah, great, nerd stuff. Awesome. Yeah, and I love like it. And, and like, it was seamless. It was really good. Yeah. So good. Yeah. And it's not technically impressive, but it's like, kind of great in many ways so i think right. like if they come out with a gen 2 Polestar 2 with all the new stuff that would be the car
1: yeah but this is here for Polestar 3 coming up i mean it's a different thing but uh it can you know, be it's expensive like the next step yeah yeah it yeah. is pricey but, but
0: but my but my wife is so impressed with how seamless the car works because you think you think about our, our ev history um you know with zoe's and the dmg and um, I and we've never owned and run a Tesla for a year. Um, uh, much to I think her pain points because it would have been easy for her. She's now said, "Well, can we buy an EX30?" Because oh. said, well, yeah, so it's all the same. Um, and um, uh, she absolutely wants an EX30 for her car this year because it just for her. She walks up to the car. Obviously, she's got her key, got two hard keys, and she uses a hard key, not the phone app. Um, and the seat moves, ready for her, and all those little. T- All these little touches make her enjoy it as well and so i was i was surprised we were driving past the volvo dealership this week and she said i had an advert for ex30 crop up on my facebook feed can we buy one and i'm like well there you go facebook advertising are they
2: already on sale
0: Um, the subscription ones i think are being delivered pretty soon and it's not cheap it's like eight or nine hundred pounds a month the subscription ones And that is all that includes insurance. Everything, I think it's everything. It might not include insurance, but it's everything else in. Um, and um, it's not the cheapest way to do it, but I think they're about to start delivering delivering their subscription ex thirties. Yeah.
2: The other thing I just should clarify: Tesla does apparently show this regen blend with Hmm. the new apply brakes when uh, regeneration is limited. I don't use that feature, so I didn't know that because I like to know. I like my car. I. I'll use the brake pedal. I want to know where the limits are. But for most people that
1: that makes a lot of sense. It does. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so
2: sorry for not knowing that I, but at least we got it in the episode. We're corrected. I'm correct. So,
1: re- really quick update on, on my car. I so I about almost a year ago, I bought a Tesla model three rear-wheel drive and, uh, a few things have gone wrong with it. A few things were wrong with it when I got it and I didn't notice it until I get home. So I just put out a video this week, uh, just go over those things. It's not a whole. I'm gonna do a whole um, first year of ownership kind of thing where I put all the numbers out there coming up pretty soon, but this is just going over it. like my PCS, the power conversion system for AC charging is partially uh, failed, like a little ding, paint chips, uh, chip in the rear glass. Um, oh, uh, I've got a slow leak, which is you know a car thing. Uh, I was, I messed up my door card on the. Uh, on the a slow leak
2: in your tire or in your in, coolant in the tire. or oh, okay. yeah, slow
1: leak in the front passenger side tire I have a nail in it there's actually I can see the nail but it's super slow it's the slowest leak ever it's kind of great I'll just do a
2: manual patch then
1: yeah I was thinking about doing it myself but I think I want to get the uh, tires rotated as well so I might uh, might take it to a tire place Um, I'm just not sure which tire place to go to yet because you know some of them don't have the best reputation so I I discount
2: tire if you got one near you they're great okay not sponsored yet
1: not sponsored yet Uh, okay thank you for that all right, and and I also have that mystery clink that we've spoken about on the back, which sometimes I can hear it, sometimes I can't. So I put my phone underneath the car and like and it got in and drove away, and I'm pretty sure I can hear it. So I think I'm going to go do a, a bit of a, more of a deep dive just to solve what it is, you know, that that sound. It could be just slop in the in the in the differential or something, but yeah, my th- rear wheel
2: drive did the same thing. My performance does it too.
1: Right. So I think a lot of people like buying a used. Tesla they might hear that and really want to know what's going on so I'm just gonna I want to see if I can get a real handle on what that sound is exactly you know but uh, anyway so that's just what's what's going on with my car and uh let's talk about some news
0: oh if I if I may I've just remembered you actually may. uh so um my uh my mom and stepdad um have an mg5 and it had to go into the body shop uh because they scraped the door um and um uh, and the the policy of the body shop is to give you an, an EV if you if your EV goes in there for some paint work. and they gave them for two or three maybe it's four days over last weekend, Friday to Monday, a Model Y performance, which is obviously very different to an MG5. Um, it is. Firstly, they're both in their seventies and oh. detested it because they got in and it the windows have missed it up, and my stepdad was like, "Well, how?" <laughs> No one showed me how to, they dropped the car off, they gave him the card, and then left right. again in uh, In the way that you do with courtesy vehicles. And he's like, well, I can't go anywhere. I can't see how the windscreen." But anyway, obviously this is a vehicle that gets loaned out to people for, you know, short periods of time. It has a hard life. And I'm fully aware that we talked recently about the Hertz offload of the Tesla's and not just teslas but hertz off loading uh, some of their evs and we were kind of going well you know maybe that's a good deal less than 20 grand for a model 3. let me tell you there's nothing so sad in life than than getting into uh, I, so i thought well i better go check out the life of a model y performance vehicle that that's been out on this kind of thing and uh, I, I would not ever recommend buying a vehicle that has that's been had that kind of life not just because all four corners were just wrecked but all model y performance wheels are wrecked that's just the rule if you own one of those but
2: you have to curb it before you leave the dealership
0: (laughs) just generally it was just such a sad car it was just mistreated and not looked after and scuffed and it was just it was just a working vehicle but there it was something very sad about what was once a sixty pound car maybe about a year ago um that i would like this is the i would never ever want to have this in my driveway because it would just be full of too many problems and was just beaten up so uh so the, yeah first-hand experience of uh of being in a car that has had that kind of life um and i was probably a bit, a bit flippant i was like hey yeah look at the hertz deal you might get a bargain um you can drive those cars before you pay for them, though the the Hertz thing. You did get like right. a weekend extended right. test drive. Um, yes, yeah, certainly made me realize that perhaps I was a little bit uh, quick to you know off the mark a couple of weeks ago when I said that because it was, oh, I was just awful, just a, just but, it was just terrible. But, but yeah, we could lot,
3: probably if... recondition the four wheels, give the car to Colton, <laughs> and yes, you get a you, you you know, and it probably still drives just fine. I have to fix the alignment because. People probably whack holes with it and everything, but, you know, give it to Colton, recondition the wheels, do some minor checking on it, put some new tires on it, and you probably get a great, it'll probably be st- a, still a great car with, you know, a couple hundred thousand miles of life to it.
0: So. You're right.
1: If, if you get a super good price on it, so you can always replace a lot of the body panels on the inside, on the interior, like the door card is going to be like $300 for me. My front screen, I had a little chip, which uh, might not be chipped actually. But if you needed to, to replace the front screen, it's three hundred dollars. You know, you can find on on eBay. So a lot of these little things, and there's aftermarket accessories out out, out the whatever. Up this, <laughs> there's a lot of out, out, out of aftermarket accessories out there. But anyway, we need to talk about some news before the show's over because we're kind of a news show. But I really wanted to catch, you know, it's not a big news week, but you know, so I really wanted to catch up with everybody's car situations. Um, so. The big news this week, I think, is um, the Rivian R2S teaser. It's just a teaser, but it does it does tell us a fair amount about the car already. Um,
2: There's also the spy photos that have been posted yesterday. Oh,
1: that's true. Last night, that's true, right? Um, we should I don't pull know if you, have up. You, if you can pull up uh, pull up e- e- either of those, Martin. Um, so, but I was kind of surprised. So they 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 released this first like little video trailer and it shows like the R2S sitting in a garage and we lightened it up a little bit so you can see a, a bit more. It's a, like a pretty messy garage. It's just kind of neat that they, they use, like just looks like anybody's garage for this set. And it looks just fine and polished in, the, in their, their video. But the front end, it looks like an R1S. It looks like I could, is that it? Is that, so, I know, I assumed they were going to stick with their brand identity, but man, did they ever stick with their brand identity? I don't know. Tom, what do you think?
3: Well, I mean, why not? That doesn't surprise me that the front looks pretty much the same. Uh, that doesn't surprise me at all. Um, I, think, I think that Rivian wants to celebrate that look so that, you know, I remember when I was at one of the drives, some Rivian representative told me that we want, you know, when 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 a Rivian's driving at night we want everyone to immediately know that it's a Rivian that's part of our brand identity you know you look in your rearview mirror you see those lights with the light bar and that's Rivian so um that doesn't surprise me at all uh you know i'm i'm looking forward to this vehicle
1: yeah.
3: i you know it, it uh i've owned two Rivians they're great vehicles uh, you know this seems like it's uh, significantly smaller and it will have uh you know should cost significantly less and that's really the biggest problem that if you want to say Rivian has a problem that's holding them back you know more sales it's the cost're they're, they're very expensive vehicles a lot of people can't afford them. That said, they're actually selling pretty well right now. I see them all over the place and um, you know so uh, it'll it'll only do better with this you know down market uh, version so um, you know yeah it's it, it's uh, it's great we're gonna get a full look at it soon um, uh, that right. event's what uh, in a couple of weeks. So, um,
1: seventh, yeah,
3: yeah, yeah. I'm 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 deciding whether or not I'm going to go. It's in California. Um, not sure I'm going to go because you're really not going to get a lot of alone time with it. You know, it's not something where you can carve out, you know, 20 minutes, I don't think, and 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 get some alone time with the vehicle, but we'll see. Uh, in any event, yeah, no, I think it looks great. And, um, I think this is this is the natural progression for Rivian to go down market to a more uh, affordable vehicle. Tesla did it lucid's going to do it they're already talking about their midsize size in, in in about two years um so
1: you know yeah I'm. Um, i think it's great so mike the car geek, geek mentions does the one photo show it charging at the rear re- right rear yes. which is i was gonna which is kind of weird correct right? because now the rivian r1s charges on the front driver's side corner right right and so yeah this would be a totally different charging location behind the rear wheel though so i that's that's Decent. Here's the picture on, on screen now from that's the still from the yeah. video.
2: And at least for superchargers, it's in the wrong spot.
1: Right, right. It's on the opposite side. Yeah. It's which kind
2: of- is maybe there's enough cars out there that'll be charging on superchargers with the port on the other side that they right. can all kind of group together, which is what sure. happens in Europe. And then, like, all the, the cars with the, I don't want to say correct, but the native charge port yeah. location have right. them on the other side. I don't know. Um,
3: we're not yeah. that smart over here as the Europeans, Kyle. <laughs> People are going to park any yeah. way they want. Well, we with
2: version four, it's no problem. So as long as they get the yeah. new dispensers out eventually uh, and maybe even retrofit some of them, then you can reach any location.
3: Yeah, but they're going to be in a minority for a long time.
2: Yeah, for at least a couple of years, but so will native NACs cars.
1: Yeah. Um, so speaking of native NACs, the other big news that happened since... Uh, this week happened just after the podcast uh, went off. We finished last week. Uh, The new DC charge network Iona, which is backed by BMW General Motors, Honda, Hyundai, Kia, Mercedes-Benz and Stellantis came out and announced its CEO, who is Seth Cutler, formerly of EV Connect and before that he was at Electrify America during its initial phase, startup phase. So uh, this Iona uh, network also announced it intends to employ a Deploy a minimum of thirty thousand chargers in the U.S. and Canada by 2030. So that's a serious number of chargers. For comparison, uh, Tesla has about twenty-two thousand or so pedestals in the U.S. right now, and of course that's still growing. Uh, so it's still early days yet. But the chargers are supposed to start going into, into the ground this year. So we're going to try to uh, we're going to have to try try to have somebody come on the show and tell us about their plans a bit. But Kyle, uh, have you heard anything? out there that uh, gives you hope that this will work out well or or the opposite <laughs>
2: um i we produced a podcast on out of spec uh, podcast about this and right. right afterwards and i would say basically everything we said in that podcast still stands seven automakers with seven different viewpoints all crammed into one room with different ideas it's gonna be complicated the one thing i think i'm at least way more positive to hear about is how many people Messaged me privately or posted that Seth, the CEO, is the right guy for this. He apparently is super sharp, really gets it, huge focus on reliability, may have led to why he left Electrify America. I don't know this to be true, but you know, really passionate about providing a good charging experience. That sounds, I've never spoken to it. Maybe I have in the past, but I, not in recent about this. I haven't spoken to him. My understanding is they're kind of in like a media dark period at the moment, but within a few months, maybe we'll hear some more things from them. Uh, we've been in communication with the team there, just kind of preparing for what can we do with the launch and how can we, you know, share some of the the stories. It's a it's a long shot. It could be really, um, you know, great or really poor. Of course, this is similar to the Ionity network in Europe, but it's not identical and right, it's, it's going to be group, run.
1: There's slightly different groups. So some of the overlap, yep. there, but there's some that aren't.
2: Yeah, and it's going to be uh, run, I think, pretty differently than Ionity is run, is my understanding. I so. mm-hmm. And um, yeah, really, I, I would, we haven't seen their hardware selection. We can guess. And I think right. you'll probably be guessing what I'm guessing. Yeah. But uh, look, they know what they have to do. We, we, we've we seen the failures of public charging across every provider. We've seen even Tesla recently having issues at superchargers uh, more frequently than others. I don't know if people are just reporting on it more or if like I went to, I brought two different cars to the supercharger in the last month and I was not able to charge either of those vehicles. It was my e-golf and my EV nine. Now, whether it's a conformity to the standard issue like my e-golf or if it's the EV9 having interoperability uh, problems, uh, charging and communicating, I believe an open charging network needs to support every vehicle, the every major vehicle. And um, the fact that like Hyundai, Kia, Genesis stuff still is buggy on superchargers is crazy to me. We've been dealing with this for over a year. Uh, and in Europe as well, Bjorn just had an issue charging EV9 um on a supercharger there i had the same issue with our ev9 the other day but what's weird is two weeks earlier than that i charged perfectly fine on magic dock so something bricked in the process on the same software on the car i I don't understand what's going on there so i got to dig into that a little bit more this is the most important thing to happen to charging in the u.s and it's so important that it works and if it doesn't it will push back ev adoption for years to come
1: Right. I mean, man, it's just going to double. So by 2030, I, I imagine that uh, Tesla will have the same kind of 30,000-ish kind of number of chargers out there and mirrored by another, you know, equally huge network. And I don't, I don't know what's going to happen with Electrify America or EVgo. They got to compete. They got to get that reliability up. And we don't know what's going to happen with Iona either. If they, they could, you know if they use a whole lot of different uh, suppliers for their cabinets, maybe they could run in some issues as well. I kind of like to see them, you know, stick with one like uh, an Alpatronic or something that's, you know, really solid or chem power or something. But I don't know, we'll, we'll have to see um, along those same lines. Uh, which are you showing us first Martin. They're just
0: hiring big. I mean, there's just there's money uh, behind them. And they're oh, just great. hiring some big jobs, head of HR, charging lab techs, charging technology lead. I mean, that's just a huge that's the a huge big thing.
1: project managers, big job. Chief
0: engineer it? of software. These are big gigs that they're advertising mm-hmm. right now. Design lead, director of deployment, site acquisition. We know a few friends of ours that would be uh, um amazing at a few of these jobs. But um I mean this is to get on the ground to do it right to work with a great team if they get it right like Carl says chief engineer of charging technology these are these are big big gigs and if you get this right you move an entire country forward um in terms of electrification so they need hey. the
2: who's who they need the real top and the thing is we were talking about like are there even enough of these experts right the right people do they even yeah. exist across in the world to like, they, I think they're going to have to pull people from China, pull people from Europe. I don't think in the US we have the dream team to make this happen. I know like a lot of people in the charging world, and there's very few that are the real top dogs. And, um, you know, then a lot of them are starting their own companies or doing their own thing anyway. So Mm -hmm. this is going to be a real, it's all about the people and the hiring process is the most important thing here because my understanding is this is a joint venture of all of the groups. This is going to be run like its own company. Right. So it's not like BMW is going to be arguing with Honda every day about what they should do. It's, this is going to take on their, their way. And so they really need solid people in here.
1: Yeah. Alright, we uh, so d- need counsel. to move along because we could just got a couple things we need to talk about before the show ends, but um, also in the news this week, Stellantis has announced it's adopting the Tesla NAX standard, so Stellantis is one of the partners in that Iona situation. Uh, however, the press release mentions nothing about the supercharger network, so it may be that Dodge, Chrysler, Fiat, and Alfa Romeo vehicles won't have access to that. Tom, have you heard anything about that? No, not really, and it's
3: you know, would seem amazing to me if that long-term is the case. I mean, it it could be possible that they just haven't um, solidified the deal with Tesla yet. And that, they, you know, they just want to announce so they didn't seem like, you know, they might've been tired of hearing Stellantis is the only company that hasn't agreed to transition to, to, to next. And they could be the fact that they just haven't solidified the deal with Tesla. I know some of the other companies that um, weren't say the earliest companies that announced they were going to transition had told me that oh yeah we we it's a done deal we it's just it's going to take us another month or so to iron out all the details with Tesla so they could be in that stage I can't imagine could you imagine uh, you know s- switching over and then not having Tesla supercharger access like. You know, it's 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 crazy. If you're cross-shopping vehicles with a Stellantis vehicle and a competitor from any manufacturer, if it's like a close call between "Hmm, should I get this, should I get this, should I get the Ram, should I get, you know, the 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 Silverado? Oh, but I I can use you know most of the Tesla superchargers if I get the Silverado. How do you buy the Ram unless you get the Ram charger with the onboard uh you know uh, range extender? So i i can't imagine that that's not going to happen well you know uh, but you know we've we've it, it could it we've heard rumblings that they 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 don't want to partner with tesla i just i still can't believe an automaker would make that decision and basically not have access to like half the you know because tesla still for the longest time is going to have you know the, the dominant number of plugs because they're not slowing down they're installing supercharger sites at a rate, you know, f- at least I think as fast as Electrify America is. So I don't know. I think that would be a terrible decision on their part if they just decided, no, we're not going to work with these guys. And, and our cl- our customers, you know, we'll have to drive by a Tesla supercharger and find one on our own network.
2: So so I, I spoke to Stellantis about it, and um, there's a few I I can read you the official response, which I will. This is the thing they they wrote quoted me back. But uh, let me get to that in a second. But it's also, there's a possibility that the supercharger network will open. Like 70 plus percent of European superchargers are open anyway. And uh, they may not need a document with Tesla. So it's, it's, you know, at least they can already go to Magic. Not that you can buy a Stellantis EV in the U.S. right now. But if you could, you could go to a Magic dock location. There are not many, but I imagine there will be more public superchargers coming so that's one side of it that maybe they're banking on the second i totally agree tom i think um it would only make sense for them to offer what their competitors are offering it would be crazy to think that that's not possible uh for you know a Stellantis vehicle not to charge them the same chargers ford can But we've seen crazier things happen. Here's what Stellantis said. I reached out and I said, you know, congrats on J3400. Can you share any details regarding access to the uh, Tesla Supercharger Network for your customers? Yours is the first release we've seen that doesn't mention Tesla. And we don't see any communication from Tesla on their end. Was this done separately from an agreement to gain access to their network? And um, Kelly, who's a spokesperson for Solantis, said, thanks for reaching out. All I can tell you at this point is we'll continue to look at all options that make charging simpler and more convenient for our customers. And I would say the Tesla Supercharger network makes charging simpler and more convenient for your customers, which makes me think, yes they will probably go with it. Um, someone commented that TFL said they're absolutely not going to go with it. Um, so, you know, who knows? But uh, that's Kyle, the official response. we've had people from
3: res- from companies tell us one, like, like you know, um, they might have asked someone from Solantis and they said, no, we're not dealing with them. Uh, you know, we've had people flat out tell us something. And then we, a month later, we're like, they just told us that, you know, so I, I don't I don't necessarily uh, hold that. I just, you know how confusing it would be for a Stellantis EV owner if they had access to some superchargers. You know what I mean? Like you said, some of them are going to be open. Some have Magic Dock, all these legacy ones they can't use. Could you imagine how frustrating that would be for someone that doesn't understand EVs? Like, like we're all EV nerds. You buy the Stellantis EV, and then you got to figure out which one you can you pull into one, you use it, and then you're on your road trip. Oh, there's supercharger, you pull in and it won't communicate. Oh my God. Like mm. talk about like people being pissed off. Like, you know, I mean, no way. I'm 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 gonna hold to it. I'm saying they're gonna have access. They can't it,
2: it,
0: they That's can't my be feeling that too. stupid.
3: They can't be that stupid, but we'll see. Yep, because I they'll agree.
0: be they'll, they'll be missing out on stuff like this, which was in the news this week of 165. 164- yeah four charging stores, 16 pull through solar canopies above all of them off the i5 and yeah. why would you want to drive past this cuz you're driving your Stellantis car
2: all i can think about are the number of model 3s without bike racks or trailers parking in the pull through spots <laughs>
1: <laughs> what are you doing so the yeah, 106 of them. Of them. <laughs> so it should be shouldn't be too bad it, but it is on i5 that's a high tr- high volume corridor i believe right well now. of course it's right away
2: you know you're going to pull up with a trailer and it's just going to be a sea of model threes blocking all the pull throughs
0: but that's what that's the level of and it's not just that you know the tesla are putting in four and six and eight chargers here and there some of their recent installations have been just wonderful there's um uh brandon flash went to one um i don't know it's like it's it's huge it's basically like two supercharger stations in one location but the way he was describing the way that it's wired and stuff it's sort of effectively two stations but it is one and i was watching that the other day um because i had a bit of a brandon marathon on my youtube uh, watching and i was like that is just so good and it was empty as well of course and i'm like oh, man uh, they just get it right over and over and over again it's not just the ease of use the speed the convenience they just do it on scale as well
1: Right. They have that, uh, that diner, that 50 style diner that, uh, Elon brought up a couple of years ago. It's under construction and it looks uh, pretty, pretty massive, actually. <laughs> it's going to be kind of an initial, I'm kind of looking forward to seeing how that all shapes up. Yeah. Um, uh, really quick before we go, we also learned this week that BYD has launched a feasibility study about building a plant in Mexico. They want to set up a factory. It always already sells vehicles there, and it could potentially ship cars made in Mexico to the US and avoid the tariffs that cars made in China face. So BYD is expanding all over the world. It's being pretty aggressive. It's opened a plant in Thailand this year. It's planning a plant in Brazil to supply South America. It's got a plant coming up in Hungary in three years to supply Europe, I guess. So it makes sense to, to have a plant to supply the US as well. Uh, so BYD has been making noise about selling in the U.S. for a long time now like uh, they showed off the E6 I believe the BYD E6 one of the first cars at the 2008 Detroit Auto Show and then in 2009 it said it planned to start selling cars here in 2010 and that's right around the time that the Nissan Lease started shipping but that didn't happen and there's a whole bunch of stuff happening whole bunch of political things actually I believe happened to kind of stop that it's not all on the company all on BYD Um, so the company switched its focus in the U.S. to electric buses which it now makes here Uh, it did announce in 2015 it's going to supply like a a Uber fleet in Chicago with a couple hundred vehicles but it only ever I think only 25 of them ever made it here so I've been pretty I've been kind of skeptical about BYD in the past Uh, just the E6 its original product wasn't to me, that impressive. Oh, Francie's chiming in, saying, "I'm." Um, she's on her way to Mexico right now, which is already awesome.
0: dispatched to do a special podcast about this story. She's on That's her right. way.
1: That's right. You, you have your mission. Should you choose to accept it? I mean, you don't have a choice. You don't. that You're accepting the mission. You're going to. You're driving a BYD somewhere down there, Francie, and, and telling us about it. Um. So I, I've been skeptical skeptical about the company in the past, but it really seems to have really grown up in the last. I don't know five eight ten years um and they're building a lot better product now tom should u.s automakers be afraid
3: be afraid be very afraid (laughs) okay you know i'll do my best paul revere the chinese are coming the chinese are coming (laughs) and that's how they're coming they're gonna get they're coming through the southern border and it is inevitable and ford uh 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 Farley talked about this recently. Um, I think it was in the news just a day or two ago. We've been saying in here for a long time, since this podcast began back when we were on Inside EVs, uh, that we're gonna have a whole different landscape in the uh, automotive world in the next 10 years. And uh, I am predicting by the early 2030s, certainly by the mid 2030s, Chinese car companies are gonna have a foothold in North America, just like the Japanese automakers had a foothold in by the mid seventies. You know, they came in the sixties mm-hmm. and early seventies. They're kind of scuffling around. People laughed at them. They were these tiny little tin cars You know, Toyota was called Toyota. And everybody just called it toys. You know, I remember my right. dad used to call it a toy and, uh, and then look what happened uh, a few years later. But, um, but you know, 10 years from now, um, the Chinese cars are going to be a mainstay here in North America and they're going to, if, if the American manufacturers, if the European manufacturers don't get their act together, they're going to eat their lunch because they're making good cars now. We, we, you know, it's not, this isn't cheap Chinese junk, guys. They are making good competitive world cars, you know, global competitive vehicles, and they're going to make them for less, and they're going to have all the tech that, uh some of our say legacy brands seem to be having difficulty transitioning to the, You know, they're holding on to making cars and not making tech, and and that's what the 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 next generation of auto buyers wants is tech, and um, the Chinese are embracing that. And uh, you know, it's it's going to be difficult. It's going to be difficult uh, run if we don't get smart on this. We're going to lose our whole industry.
1: Wow, that sounds pretty dire. I don't know. Maybe, though. I mean, I mean, record big... this
3: this podcast and play it in 10 years and tell me who was right. Or,
1: or, yeah, or even three years. I think it was. Sort of, yeah, we'll start, start seeing some... them, but yeah. And yeah, I mean, well, basically the U.S. automakers need to, you know, get to pick up their game and get stuff on the road. Like, you know, actually execute Uh, some. Some of them have had a difficult time executing uh, so are a, a little minute. bit slow to introduce product. Uh, <laughs> we lost Tom. Hopefully it wasn't anything I said. <laughs> um, yeah.
2: Uh, but I just want to mention something on BYD really quick, yeah. which is, I know the link I sent didn't work. I sent another one, but you may have to okay. be in the group. But there was a BYD Han owned by the U.S. government <laughs> that is that was for sale this week on GovDeals, and I only found it after it sold.
1: Okay. Yeah. This is on the Facebook group we're looking at. This Foreign
2: market be... car signings. Best group on the planet, by the way. Um, you may what, have to be a member to going? see it. Uh It was a uh, 2014 BYD Han E6 uh, owned by oh. transportation parking services somewhere in America. Okay. Yeah, it's pretty cool.
1: I'm joining this group. It was an
2: E6. It wasn't a Han. It was just listed as a Han.
1: Oh, okay.
2: But it was an E6 uh, from... Yeah, they were sold in the U.S., but only to taxi and fleet customers. So they've been selling in the U.S., apparently. First um, I'm hearing about it, fully electric ones.
1: There ha- there were a few, like, especially around the Chicago area. There was like a, a car dealership that was a like, green something dealership that was trying to bring them in. And I think they made have sold a couple, and then they had that... You know, twenty five of them made it to the Uber fleet somehow. So I don't sure what, but the but really the E six is I don't know. It's yeah, they were kind I, of I, crappy,
2: but I just thought it was cool. Makes for a good, yeah, uh, that's the kind of EVs I like. The right, real right, garbage would right. but definitely,
1: definitely be an interesting one to, to drive. I just can of I have a feeling that the, the, the driving dynamics wouldn't be. Oh,
2: well, of course, it would be terrible. But that's not the point of that car. It's you know true, true. It's like the it drives like crap.
1: But there were taxis in in, in the uh, in China, and those th- those state taxis take a lot of abuse. So yeah, that's what it was here. A, I suspect Look at this a pretty old tough.
0: article from John. Yeah, right. that's right. But
2: uh, so there were apparently they sold a few here in the U.S. Um, and then of course they make a ton of buses and heavy equipment uh, here in the U.S. So we have BYD products already.
1: Yeah. Right. Wow. All right. <laughs> Well, um, let's see what else. Oh, I should mention also that Chrysler uh, released its, its Halcyon concept vehicle this this week. That didn't have, I don't know what even they're doing over there. <laughs> but you know, like I like talking about concept. Person, I know you guys don't like concept cars that much. I I do, but this one just kind of. I like the look of it, but I don't really understand how they're going to incorporate any of that design language into their vehicles or. You know the technology things it's they did the most interesting thing on this vehicle I, I should say it was the sulfur uh lithium sulfur battery um so which I wasn't aware of this but uh Stellantis invested in a company last year called Lyten l-y-t-e-n that's actually working on lithium sulfur batteries so that's why it made it into this concept I don't know if it's an actual physical I I highly doubt there's a sulfur lithium battery in this Concept. It made
2: into it into mind. the words about this concept, is what you're right.
1: saying. Right. That's. A, I think that's about as far as it got. That's I don't.
2: I don't. That's <laughs> real engineering, Dominic. This. That's I great. Know. That's it. I know. It's. Very, <laughs> we don't know that to be true. We shouldn't trash that. It might actually have the battery. I shouldn't say that.
1: I don't know if they have uh, working cells that they can put in and make a pack out of. Though you know, I don't think they're at that that stage yet. But anyway, uh, we should probably call it a show. We're uh, over an hour and a half, a little bit. So that was great. A uh, great time spending time with you all this morning. Uh, so if you have any com- questions or comments, please leave them below or get in touch with us on our on the social media platform of your choice. Don't forget, if you like the show, please give us a thumbs up, click subscribe, tap that bell icon for notifications. And thank you all again very much for joining us. And we'll see you all again. So see you all again very soon. Ciao.